we uh, want to be so kind. We uh, want to introduce uh, our speakers uh, on tonight uh, as we will uh, delve into this power hour on tonight. And uh, what this is to our audience, we want you to understand and know uh, this is a dialogue, a discussion on the subject questions that will be asked uh, on tonight. And so uh, with that, uh, our first speaker uh, comes to us, uh, should I say one of our panelists tonight, uh, Brother Olu Jihad Shabazz, uh, who comes from, from, to us tonight uh, from the uh, Church of Christ over in Harlem, uh, New York, where he's been for uh, some time now. Brother Shabazz and I have met some 15 years uh, ago uh, while I was preaching in uh, the city of churches, that is Fort Wayne, Indiana, and uh, invited him to come and to do something for us uh, concerning leadership uh, was the first thing he came over and done. And uh, he uh, came over and did a magnificent job and we brought him back another time. And uh, uh, the things that I've learned, a uh, number of things with leadership, uh, I've learned them from brother uh, Shabazz. And we're thankful for God uh, that our paths uh, cross. And uh, because of that, uh, one reason we have spiritual leadership where we are today and we give all of the glory uh, to our God. And so tonight, we are thankful uh, to have Brother Shabazz. We welcome you uh, on tonight, Brother Shabazz. Also, uh, we have Brother John Brown. Uh, should we say our own Brother John Brown? Uh, Brother Brown uh, has been with us, he and his family, uh, for some three years now where they have been doing a wonderful job uh, with us there at the Church of Christ at Hollywood Street. And Brother John has just been a total blessing uh, to our congregation and alongside even myself uh, on tonight. And we're so thankful to have him as one of our guest panelists uh, on tonight. So Brother Brown, uh, welcome on tonight. Brothers, we're just going to, uh, we just going to get right into this thing uh, on tonight. Uh, though we have two main questions that we want to deal with uh, on tonight, we may spin uh, from those questions and ask uh, other questions uh, as well. Uh, let's get to the first question uh, on tonight. And, uh, and it is, here it is. How do spiritual leadership stay balanced in his home and the church uh, in these times of crisis? How do spiritual leadership uh, stay balanced in his home and the church in these times of crisis? Uh, let me begin uh, first with uh, Brother Shabazz and then we go to Brother John Brown. Thank you uh, so very much, uh, Brother Belts, for extending to me the invitation and the opportunity to be here tonight. We're living in a time where it is more essential than ever that we are careful to conform to the teachings of, of the revelation of God that is embodied in this tremendous biblical book that we've come to know as the Bible. I really believe that when it comes to leadership, there is a character picture, and that character picture um, is embodied in the context of 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1, as we began to look at, um, aside from the evangelist or minister, uh, those who function in the role of servants, deacons or diakonos, and those who serve as uh, pastors or elders or bishops. And if you look at those two contexts in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1, I like to refer to them, Brother Belts, as character pictures. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the character strengths, one of the character 
uh, abilities is a man's relationship with his family. Mm -hmm. And if you look analytically at both of those contexts, whether it is the work of the um, uh, of the uh, eldership or the work of deacons, both the children and the wives are pulled into this character picture. Mm -hmm. And there is an inference and a strong indication that a man of strong spiritual character has influenced his children and influenced his wife. And you cannot do that saving through relationship. Yeah. And of course, relationship uh, requires that you do invest in a balance of time mm -hmm. between what you may do in terms of ministry and your family. I would like to say, second of all, before I give this back to you, that um, that, that kind of ministry work starts in your own house. Yeah. You know, starts with yeah. your children, with your wife, which means not only does one have to invest uh, a, a certain amount of time into kingdom work outside of the home, but an equal amount of work uh, and time. Uh, yeah. If you're going to end up that character picture that we see in First Timothy chapter three and Titus chapter one, it's going to be because you have attempted to invest an equal amount of time, and yeah. it does require balance. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that, uh, Brother Boss. I, I want to come back uh, to something in just a bit. Let me go to Brother John uh, Brown. Uh, but Brown, uh, you got anything to uh, to add tonight to what has already been said, or uh, from your point of view tonight that you want to share with us? Sure thing. I would start by saying Brother Shabazz did an excellent job of laying the biblical foundation for uh, uh, any uh, servant in the Lord's house and how uh, it starts with his relationship and his ability to demonstrate focus on his own family, uh, as well as then caring for uh, members of the Lord's church or the body. Uh, there are a couple of examples in particular that I would add just to help uh, complement what Brother Shabazz said, which I think was uh, was excellent. One is I, I look at the, uh, so you ask, what, what, does, what does a leader need to do to demonstrate or a man do to demonstrate balance uh, and to, uh, you know, care for, you know, not only the, the people of God, but also for his family. I'm, I'm reminded of uh, the story uh, of, the, of Moses, if you recall, in Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 18. Mm -hmm. Getting around verse 13, you read the whole chapter, but you see where Jethro, who was Moses' uh, father-in-law, where uh, as the people were coming to Moses and he was hearing the, the issues of uh, the people, it was Jethro who uh, told Moses that you, you need some help, all right? You, you cannot do this alone. It is not good for you. It is not good for the people. And so the one thing that I would uh, encourage uh, spiritual leaders to do is they have to, uh, they have to demonstrate uh, the ability to delegate. Now, let me pause here for just a moment and say, I, for all of those who are listening uh, and those who have extensive, you know, libraries, uh, I have said for for many, many years, and will continue mm -hmm. to say that all the things that work out in the secular world, uh, we have libraries that are filled uh, with uh, books on how to. Uh, it's a multi-billion-dollar business, the, uh, the the business of books on leadership, and I would contend that everything that you see out in the world that works. You can find it first in the Bible, all right? Mm -hmm. So I go back to my example uh, in Exodus where you see that Jethro reminded Moses that you need some help, all right? You need to wow. delegate. So the first thing that a leader has to do is he has to uh, humble himself enough to uh, and be comfortable enough in his own skin, right, to be able to 
delegate certain things. Now you can't delegate everything. Now we don't get into it. There, there's some things that as responsibility of a leader in the church, you have to do on your own, but there are some things that you can delegate. And often leaders want to hold tight to so many things where it not only overburdens them, where they are unable to uh, do all that they can, uh, but it also then sends uh, a strong uh, negative message unnecessarily to the people around them, that they're not trusted enough to handle certain tasks. So the first thing I would say, it's again, delegation and a reminder to all of us that uh, as we're going out looking for self-help books and other things on how to, let's start mm -hmm. with the Bible. You're going to find it there first. The other thing, and Brother Shabazz touched on this, which is uh, you have to take time for yourself. Uh, it's always been a need to remind children of God that uh, your leaders, uh, whether you're talking about evangelists or elders or deacons, uh, they are human beings too. And uh, just as Jesus had to steal away at times to, 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 to calm himself and to uh, take time for himself to recharge mm -hmm. and energize, uh, men of God have to do the same thing. And so it's yeah. uh, important for us to take time. Uh, just because you take a few days off does not mean that you set aside your duties as uh, a servant of the Lord and his people. Uh, but you need to do that just like every other human being, just to recharge, energize, so that you can come prepared and ready to deal with all that you have to deal with. So delegation is just one that I would point out in addition to what Brother Shabazz mentioned and taking time for yourself and your family, because if you cannot demonstrate the ability to rule your home well, and it's not just rules in terms of restrictions and what thou can and cannot do, it is being able to support and feed your own literal physical family, uh, because that's a, a pretty good indication on how you're going to treat God's folk, right? So if you have a family who is uncared for, who is uh, left yeah. to fend for themselves, and, uh, mm -hmm. then that's a pretty good indication on how you're going to treat God's people. So it is really important for me, just again, back to delegation and also back to taking time for oneself so that you're energized and ready to be all that you can be for God's people. Yeah, amen. I agree with all of those things you guys uh, said. I, I was thinking while you guys were, were talking and writing at the same time. I, I want to pose uh, just uh, a few other questions that spins off of this question here on how do spiritual leadership stay balanced. Uh, with saying all of that, uh, sometimes, should I say a number of times with, with preachers and, and with elders, uh, let's speak to uh, the uh, the preaching, the elder, not so much as the point man, uh, but the fellow who believes that uh, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done right, which but John makes mention about delegating uh, responsibility uh, to others. Sometimes you come into contact with preachers and, and elders and they say, well, you know, uh, you know, yes, I totally agree we need to delegate, but, but, I'm, but, I, but I, 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 no, no, no it's not going to work if I don't have my hands on the ball. I need the ball in my hand. What can we say tonight about those guys who feel that, look, if I'm not leading, if I'm not in the limelight, if I don't have my hands in the ball, if I'm not the point man, it's going to fail. It's not going to work. I need to be, I need to be out in front. What can we say to those guys uh, tonight who just don't trust uh, other men and don't trust other servant leaders uh, on tonight. It seems to be a natural pull uh, with evangelists and some elders about, I just have to be out in front and must be involved or else all things will fail. What can we say tonight uh, to that, if you don't mind? Brother John? Uh, that's, uh, first, I would say there, there are a number of things I would say, but let me just start, uh, I guess, here, which is uh, a man who believes that uh, he's the only one that can do a thing and refuses to uh, do what we can read in scripture, which is delegate, uh, get mm -hmm. equipped and train men to, to handle certain tasks and to 
uh, move it over. To me, that's an issue of pride. And that's something that, again, is of the devil. I think the world tends to tell us. And again, it's an interesting thing, right? You think about it. Uh, if we look at the world that we live in, and just, just pick on the world of sports for a moment. You can take a team sport where the team just won the championship, but somehow we have to identify a most valuable player, right? You ask yourself, why is that? The team just won. Why is it necessary to try to identify an MVP? And I think it is uh, indicative of the world that we live in that I think helps feed the ego and helps feed uh, and give Satan a foothold in the hearts of men that helps uh, some men believe that if it's not done well, or if, it, if I don't do it, it won't be done well. Men need to not think so highly of themselves, all right? Men need to humble themselves in the sight of the Lord and allow and know that he will lift us up. It allows for yeah. us to, again, engage, empower uh, others uh, in the congregation to do things. Because again, I go back to, it's, a, uh, uh, it's, a, it's an entrapment of, uh, of Satan, right? On God's people and on men of God to believe that if I don't do it, it either won't get done or won't get done well. Uh, I would uh, encourage that brother to, uh, to check himself, all right? He's, uh, you're not that good, bro. All right. Uh, you're not that special or that important where there's not someone else who can do this. And sometimes uh, men of God just need to hear it straight up uh, because sometimes we do get caught up in thinking that only we can do it. Uh, mm -hmm. Only to uh, when you when you do finally let someone handle it, you find that, OK, that uh, wasn't as bad as uh, as what I thought. So often we yep. have to again turn off the, the noise of the world in our ear and uh, stick to what God has told us to do and how he's told us to do it, because uh, that's pride. And that's something that the Bible teaches us over and over it's something that you know we have to be very mindful and careful of amen amen but shabazz thank you uh brother brown and brother Veltz. um I, I think that brother brown certainly brings uh, a very valuable perspective to the answer of that question brother Veltz, i have such a radically uh different view of uh, the internal workings of what I believe makes a successful uh, leadership. Um, I do clearly understand that there are scenarios, there are men who are working in, a, in the context of an environment where the needed abilities are not there. They're, they're not around and they become accustomed uh, to doing it. I also have an appreciation for the perspective that there is a radical difference between ability and desire. Um, many individuals can often desire to be helpful in a work, preaching, teaching, evangelism, missionary work, et cetera, but don't have a very competent ability. And, and I'm, I'm sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. Come to mind like First Peter chapter 4, 11 following when Peter said, if any man speak, let him speak as of the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him minister according to the ability that God giveth. So the yeah. Bible clearly makes the distinction between uh, in the fact that different people can have different levels of ability. But I started out saying that I have such a radically different mindset about these situations because I feel like I've learned from our Lord Jesus Christ and then the apostles subsequent to him the value of teamwork. Uh, you will remember that um, during the time of the limited commission, Jesus chose 70. Yeah. And then sent them out. Mm -hmm. that, was a, that was a mammoth team. Yeah. Later under the limited commission, uh, Jesus chose 12. Mm -hmm. and those 12 constituted 
a team that worked together for the forward thrust of the gospel. Right. As the age of the first, second, and third missionary journeys ensued, the Apostle Paul follows kind of in that spirit and model, and he teams up with Barnabas and John Mark and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, um, uh, uh, Priscilla and Aquila and, and a number of others. Yeah. What I'm saying to you is that there seemed to be a team kind of spirit where right. groups of individuals pooled their abilities, expertise, and talents to get things done. Yeah. And so to the brother who may feel, A, that I have a superior ability, in addition to the desire, I would encourage him to give some credence to the need for team. And, and, and that uh, everyone may not be able to preach like Brother Veltz. Mm -hmm. you know, but that doesn't mean that if I can't preach like Brother Veltz, I shouldn't preach. Right. You know, that I should not be permitted to be a part of the team. I just think that team model, um, and even when it comes down to the selection and subsequent ordination of a plurality of elders, notice that it's always a plurality. Right. Which means there has to be two or more, which goes back to the concept of teamwork, you know, mm -hmm. and jointly working together. So I've seen scenarios, and I, to be transparent, there have uh -huh. been times when I have undertaken tasks where I felt like if I didn't do it, nobody could do it as well as I could, but I finally decided that doesn't mean I am the only one that should do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I, I want that team, and I and I want to I want to I want to be able to contribute the empowerment of my other brothers to walk in their purpose, right? And to use their respective talents and abilities, and we all uh, work together. One final point, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Brother Valt. You ever seen the movie The Drumline? Yeah. <laughs> so here's a young guy who's very innately gifted. You know, he's. Uh, not necessarily technically trained, but he has a God-given right. ability to play drums. He goes to uh, a college and he can't read music like the other guys who have technically been trained. Um, and then he begins to play his drum, but the problem is he's trying to outbeat everyone else. And he's yeah. trying to outdo everyone else. He was there for a while before he learned finally the lesson that all good drummers make up mm -hmm. one drum line. We all beat the same beat. No drummer needs to yep. beat his drum louder than any other. One band, one sound. Sound, that's it. <laughs> Amen. I appreciate that. Brethren, let me let me let me let me just spend one more, if you don't mind. Uh, I hope that you all can be patient enough. Let me spend one more question off of this. Oftentimes in ministry, uh and in some cases, we see this with young preachers. When you get out of school and you're just excited and full of energy, full of vigor to get to the pulpit, to get to what we think we know ministry is. Um, how important it is for both the family members and the members of the congregation to understand that the preacher and the elders in that relationship there's somewhat of a sharing of leadership or preacher the congregation shares the preacher with 
the preacher's family and the elder shares is shared between his family and the congregation. How important it is for both family and the congregation to understand that coupled with the leaders understanding the importance of the sharing. And it almost goes back to the balance, but somewhat a little different. How important that is. I'll start with Brother Shabazz and then I'll go off to Brother John. Yeah, I, you know, I've been an advocate of the concept that when it comes to ministry um, and my family, um, you don't get two, you don't get two for the price of one. Um, and what I mean by that, I don't mean to be sarcastic. My uh -huh. children, my wife are in whatever geographical location I've been privileged to preach the gospel only because I'm there. Mm -hmm. They are all baptized for the remission of sins, been added to the church of Christ by the Lord Jesus, and they are members. They may not understand everything about the role, scope, and function of their father slash husband, but they are clear in the fact that I am the preacher and not them. Yeah. And, and, and so we try to bring that kind of perspective to the table. And listen, my children all work in the church. My wife's very, very active and committed to the work of the church. But, you know, I try to preclude the uh, perception that we are a package deal. Um, mm -hmm. It is categorically undeniable as you matriculate through the New Testament that there is an overlap in the uh, role, scope, and function of evangelists mm -hmm. and the plurality of elders. Elders, right. It, it is categorically undeniable. Yeah. And if you take just a cursory walk through the scriptures, mm -hmm. it becomes uh, evident, uh, for instance, in one instance, uh, in our charge, we are taught in a sense to feed the, 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 the church with mm -hmm. the word of God. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time in Acts 20, uh, 17 to 28, the elders uh, are, are challenged to feed the, the church uh, yeah. of which they have the oversight. Uh, obviously an overlap in, in duties and in responsibilities. There are a plethora of other uh, work, duties, responsibilities, obligations, yeah where the eldership and the evangelists are going to overlap. And listen, if we do not have a biblical understanding of Brother Belts, what I call God, yeah. um, that, that is an acronym, G-O-D, and it stands for the Government Organization and Development of the local church. I use the yeah. acronym God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If the evangelists and the elders do not have a healthy biblical perspective mm -hmm. of government organization development, development of yeah. the local church, uh, then you know there's going to be some clashing uh, because we become very covetous mm -hmm. over certain uh, areas of the work of the church. Last of all, I would encourage a very detailed reading of texts like Ephesians 4, 11 to 14, where the evangelists, mm -hmm. um, um, uh, pastors, and teachers work in close orchestration. Yeah. But all of it's done for the perfecting yeah. of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the uh, body of Jesus Christ. So I yeah. think that we really have to have a healthy uh, and, and scriptural and biblical understanding of government organization, development of the church, and the fact that uh, that our duties and obligations often overlap, and we've got to be okay with that. You know what? I don't need to be the only guy at the table. Right. I, I do not need to be the smartest guy at the table. 
I don't need to be the most able guy at the table. I'm going to do what God blessed me to do. Next man does what God blesses him to do. And if you need yeah. to do evangelism, and I do a little evangelism. You do a little preaching. I do a little. Fine. Fine. It all works to God's glory. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Appreciate that, uh, Brother Shabazz. Brother John Brown. Totally agree with uh, Brother Shabazz. He hit the nail on the head when it comes to, you know, his acronym of God, which is to uh, share and ensure that, uh, that there is clarity of mm -hmm. uh, the organization and the responsibilities uh, for those who, uh, uh, who serve God's people. And I right. think, unfortunately, over time, uh, there can be an assumption that because folk have been in the Lord's body for a period of time, that there is awareness and understanding, which is not necessarily the case. And it goes back to uh, having uh, an interest in even teaching some of the first principles uh, of the church and, and identifying here is the role, uh, here is where there is overlap, here is how the church is organized, and here mm -hmm. uh, th there are things that uh, oftentimes congregations overlook over time because we <laughs> tend to teach on other things uh, versus you know, some of the foundational elements that helps uh, members understand. Uh, and when it comes to that same challenge, uh, I think it goes back to if the individual men of God are struggling, those who are in the position of an evangelist or an elder or a deacon, if they are in contention and they are struggling and fighting over who's responsible for what, that's a totally different issue. Still gets down to teaching and understanding, uh, but uh, it's for us to set the example for the rest right. of the congregation by following God's yeah. word and the, and the letter and the intent of his law. Uh, and, and again, part of that comes down to not only where there's a lack of teaching and understanding at times, but then it goes back to, and as Brother Shabazz mentioned, this is uh, when a man believes that uh, he has to be at the head of the table, has to be the only one doing something versus living out what we see clearly displayed in Christ's way of doing things where he yeah. had people around him with different day jobs, so to speak, right? So they had different abilities, but it all right. comes together. And when we see the analogy uh, in scripture and the metaphor of the human body where there are many parts, but there's one body. That's uh, something that you cannot deny. Uh, what it means is that you, you may be an ear. So be an ear, uh, but you be the best ear you can be. Don't try to be yeah. an eye, but be, be an ear. Yeah, be comfortable right. with that. When every yeah. part is working together as God has yeah. planned, you have a, a well-functioning body that can do what God has called it to do. And as mm -hmm. the body of Christ, part of the problem becomes when you have too many folks wanting to be the foot, uh, and that's fine. You're going to be moving, but there are no eyes. So you're going to run into stuff, fall in ditches because yeah. you don't know where you're going, right? So it's, right. Uh, the, the Bible is just full of very specific things that makes it clear that uh, we don't get there alone. There is no place for uh, men of God to uh, elevate themselves uh, and think more highly of themselves than they ought. We all are laboring together. Yes, there are specific roles uh, that an elder, a deacon, an evangelist has. And as was mentioned, there's a uh, there's a significant amount of overlap, uh, but the point is when we truly embrace the fact that uh, we are part of uh, a body, uh, yeah. and we have a function within the body and being content with the, the function of the body that I have and being the absolute best I can be. I'm not going to let anybody out ear me. All right. If I'm an ear, I'm going to praise the Lord and be the best ear that I can be. You're not going to out ear me if I'm an ear. Now, yep. but if you're a foot, you, you better be the best foot that there is out there. But the point is, when we all have that attitude, you really do have a body that is not only functioning, mm -hmm. but that is optimal. It is performing at the highest level possible. And that's what the Lord expects of us, because he does give us the ability to be and do what it is he's called us to. It's only when we allow for, again, things like pride and other things to come in that diminishes our ability to, uh, to do what he, has, uh, what he has blessed us to do. 
Yeah, yeah, appreciate that, uh, brother, so very much. Uh, we have eaten hound doggishly on that bone of a question, and uh, I don't know how much we could exhaust it, but appreciate you very much for those answers. Let's move on to question number two, and here it is. How to keep a strong marriage while trying to manage in this mess of a pandemic? Again, how to keep a strong marriage while trying to manage in this mess of a pandemic? Brother Shabazz, be so kind and start us off on that question. Wow, that's a loaded question. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't think that question needs an answer. If you locked up with your wife, you're getting ready to find out. <laughs> you get ready to find out real quick. You know the, uh, the you know they used to say in in uh, street terms. You know, uh, is you is or is you ain't. <laughs> uh, you know what this really yeah. is season, and I covered this um, in my last three or four lessons Wednesday night referred to it in my Sunday morning presentations, um, that this is a real season of introspection. Mm -hmm. um, I think that during the context of COVID-19, where there's been the notion of self-quarantine, that it has put us in a position of examining the powers and weaknesses, the strengths of our relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, anyone who's been married for any length of time knows that great marriages are not uh, born, they are created. Yeah. And that relationships require work. It is a developmental kind of process. So I would see this season of the COVID-19 and the notion of self-quarantine to be an excellent relationship builder. I think that we're getting to know our spouses better. We're getting to know our children better. We're getting to know much about ourselves even better uh, because we are certainly outside of what constitutes what we call normal. Mm -hmm. uh, normal <laughs> habits, practices, routines, and, and et cetera. So this is a good season to concentrate. And uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, this is also a season to continue to progress and build uh, where you do discover weak areas in a marriage yeah. and in a relationship, you know. So nothing has changed from the healthy developmental considerations of 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 a, of a sound marriage or a sound relationship you mm -hmm. know continue to build it you know deal with that woman according to knowledge and um <laughs> you, you know you 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 run into uh complications and problems and as the 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 older ministers used to say back in the day you just work it out <laughs> Right, as uh, I said, we appreciate that, but don't do that. Uh, but Brown, go ahead and uh, we're gonna pass the ball, but we're gonna assist, we're gonna assist tonight. And, yes, sir, uh, but John, yes, sir. So, a, a few things I'll start off by uh saying it's uh, for those who waited or were you know waited for a pandemic uh to uh get things uh in order are in trouble, right? Uh, you think about those who live here in southern Louisiana. Uh, you don't wait for the hurricane to hit before you get sandbags and you prepare. So I think one of the things is just a, an, an, an acknowledgement, right, for those who are in uh, marriages or in relationships. Um, you know, part of this is always the ongoing process of developing and learning and loving and growing. Uh, so something like a pandemic certainly can stress uh, a relationship. But again, I started intentionally with, you know, there are some things that you can't wait for the calamity. You can't wait for the hardship. Uh, to then uh, try to buckle down and figure out what to do. That plan, there was a bit of planning that should have been occurring, a level of growth that should have been occurring 
all along so that now when the hard times hit, uh, it uh, does not have such a devastating uh, effect. But as Brother Shabazz mentioned, I say there's no, there's no uh, silver bullet or magic wand to this. Uh, the yeah. reality is I was uh, uh, intrigued by some studies over the past several months as we've been in the midst of uh, this pandemic, where interestingly enough, particularly in the early phases of uh, the pandemic, where we were all sort of in shutdown mode, how you know, the crime rate went down dramatically across the board, uh, except for domestic violence which to me was amazing, right? So you had, you had murders and robbery and all of this stuff was down almost yeah. to nothing in, uh, in a number of cities and states across our nation. However, it was uh, domestic abuse and violence that, mm. uh, that not only continued, but it actually skyrocketed during this time. And what that was is an indication that there are a, number, a few things, right? And not in any rank order, but a number of things. One is there are a number of folks who are together uh, who really don't know a whole lot about each other. Uh, they are in a relationship and, and they go together, right? Whether you're talking about marriage or just in a relationship. And mm -hmm. it took them being in a confined space for an extended period of time for them to figure out that I don't know this fella that well, or I don't know her too well, or we don't get along all that well, right? Where before we would spend time in the office, spend time on the golf course, spend time at the church, right? Somewhere else, not spending time with our yeah. significant other. Uh, but now we are in a pandemic and we are in close proximity, unable to go other places where guess what? Now you got to sit down and actually have a conversation. What you're going to say, right? You actually have to sit down now and, 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 and acknowledge uh, what do we have in common or not? And again, the point here is that because there is no magic wand uh, to wave, the reality yeah. is uh, all of us, as Brother Shabazz mentioned, we have a, a unique opportunity now. If we have not taken opportunity since we've been sequestered and otherwise sheltered in our homes, if we have not taken this as, a, as an opportunity to eat a meal together, right? Uh, many of us, we don't. If you have not taken this as an opportunity to sit down and have meals together and, 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 and kick up some conversation with your, mm -hmm. with your wife or with your husband, you have yeah. missed uh, a tremendous opportunity. If you have not spent time just sitting with your children and yeah. play a game of Uno with them, right? Yeah. Uh, go ahead and get on a video game with them. You know you haven't done it in years, right? It is let them go in their space. I'm going to go in mine. Everybody on their device. We're just coexisting in this space. Right. Again, whether the Lord intended this or not in terms of the benefit, y'all, this, uh, this pandemic has the opportunity to bring mm -hmm. a whole lot of good if we pay attention to the lesson that's being taught and we take yeah. this exam uh, with the right frame of mind, right? We have an opportunity to have meals together where we were all too busy to even sit around the table and have a meal for years, many of us. We have an opportunity to reconnect with our children in a way that for whatever reason we've said, I'm busy, they're busy, let them do their thing, uh, we'll connect on the ride to school in the morning. No, you have time right now to sit around the table and just have conversation. So again, back to how do you keep your relationship strong? There's not a, you gotta do candidly the same things that you did to get the husband or get the wife. Yeah. Okay, there you have it, right? There's no, there's no yeah. extra magic here. You got to do the same things that were important then, you got to do now. And I know it gets challenging as folks move through their daily lives, but we have literally been uh, sequestered in our homes for a mm. period of time and even limited, even as we speak, with the places that we can go. So who in their right mind would not use this as an opportunity to just sit down and begin and having dialogue? If you haven't had yeah. it in a while, start having it. If you've yeah. had it all along, continue it, enrich it, enhance it. And uh, like everything else, yes, it takes time, it takes focus, but what have we had for the past several months? Time to get some of these things done and do some of these things. So again, there's uh, for folks who are looking for a, 
a magic answer, a silver bullet. That, that's not what it is. What you're going to get is some practical uh, advice that is, you've got time, use it wisely, have a yep. conversation, sit down and watch a movie together, right? Sit down and watch that program. It might not be your favorite, right? I don't like watching that. That's okay. Sit there because you're in the presence of yep. your wife or your husband. Just enjoy being with them, even if that's yep. not your favorite program, right? Point is, take the time and do it because if you don't do it now, as soon as yep. uh, these restrictions are lifted, God forbid, some of us are going to go straight back to what we were doing before. Ain't eating together, ain't spending time talking to each other. Right. And that is just no less than a shame, right? The fact that some of us are going to quickly go back to where we were before yep. the pandemic, and uh, that's not good at all. Right, true, true. Uh, fellas, as we are in the second half uh, of this uh, event, uh, I want to just pose two questions uh, to you guys, and this one here can be in uh, a short black and white answer. Uh, and, uh, and I often make mention about whether God purposed uh, this virus directly or whether he permitted it, allowed it. Uh, would you guys agree, or what would you say to this, uh, that this is a moment in time uh, where our faith is being exposed. In other words, you're really finding out who you are and what you're made out of during the course of this pandemic crisis. And uh, ready, set, go. Whichever one of you guys want to just tackle that first and very short answer, if you don't mind. Brown? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. So, uh, you know, does the pandemic, is it a, is it a test of our, of our faith? Does it give us an opportunity to assess where we are in our faith to the Lord? Absolutely. But uh, so does life's daily activities, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think we, uh, and again, I'm one who, uh, I don't, all I know is that the Lord works in the way that he works. I yeah. don't, I don't always understand why he does what he does, but I trust him enough to know that whatever he does is good. And so even in the midst of something like a pandemic, does it test uh, our faith? Absolutely it does. Uh, but, it, but we've been, uh, this world has faced uh, a number of challenges separate mm -hmm. from coronavirus that has been an equal test of faith. And uh, it doesn't have to be uh, a medical issue, a virus, something mm -hmm. to that extreme to test our faith. We can have yep. a number of other things that are way smaller in nature uh, that can challenge us. Uh, and so again, my, uh, my, my commentary to, to all of us, including self is, uh, again, I think that everything that, that happens, uh, none of it is a surprise to the Lord. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, I try not to get too wrapped up in, did he, did he cause it? Is he allowing it? We know that the Lord right. is in control of all things. Uh, and more importantly, I think it is important yep. for us to acknowledge that, uh, we have an opportunity to have our faith strengthened, uh, over the course of daily living. Uh, and as yeah. a result, uh, I have an, uh, an opportunity to pass the test, fail the test, get an incomplete and a do-over, right? Uh, so mm -hmm. it is for yeah. me to uh, acknowledge that, uh, the, the, that God is good and he's never made a mistake. And so as we're going yeah. through this thing, uh, I, don't, I want to pass this test. I want to, mm -hmm. uh, I want to, to demonstrate faithfulness in, uh, in, my, in my speech, in my actions, in yeah. uh, my ministry to others during this time, because mm -hmm. though today we're talking about a pandemic, uh, it can be, again, uh, the loss of a loved one that can be an equal pandemic in our lives. Right? We, we yeah. know how a pandemic is, is, is globally defined, but I would right. argue that uh, there have been uh, any number of pandemics going on in our lives since the day we were born. And the reality mm -hmm. is, how do we react and respond to those? And I think as children of God, we have a unique opportunity to respond in the way 
that the Lord requires of us and that he has uh, fashioned and equipped us to uh, respond, not only because it is best for us and in, our, and in our best interest, but also because we are the lights of the world. We have to be very careful that we're not running around here uh, distressed and disturbed by all this going on because it makes it very difficult then to tell folks to uh, come to the Lord for peace, for rest when we don't uh, demonstrate peace and rest ourselves. And so it's uh, an opportunity for us to, to learn, to grow, but also acknowledge that we have this example that we can set. Uh, and uh, yes, it's a pandemic. Yes, it's real. And yes, we ought to be very thoughtful and very uh, cooperative when it comes to the things we need to do to remain safe. Uh, but at the same time, we need to acknowledge that uh, God is still in control. And as a result of that, uh, I'm not going to lose my mind knowing that uh, I still serve a God, uh, the same God who who split a sea and had his people walk through on dry ground. It's the same God. Uh, yeah. And so uh, unless or until I see something that seems so far impossible over what God has done in the past, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Uh, I'm human. I have uh, issues yeah. to, to deal with to make sure that I'm staying focused, but God is still God. And as long as he is God, uh, I, I trust him enough to uh, know that it's going to be all right. Even if I'm yeah. not all right, it's going to be all right. So uh, yeah. I have to rest in that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about John while you were saying, I read somewhere where the Bible says, man that is born of a woman in few days is full of trouble. Uh, amen to that. I appreciate that. Uh, Brother Shabazz, you got anything to add uh, on that tonight before we tackle the very last question uh, on the panel? Yeah, thank you, Brother uh, Belson. I certainly concur with everything that Brother Brown has said. I think that there are a number of instances throughout the New Testament Bible that uh, indicates to us that we will encounter scenarios that uh, test or try our faith. You know, when you mentioned that immediately, uh, James chapter one, uh, verses 113 came to mind, where you know, we learned that the trying of our faith worketh endurance or patience. And so uh, the trying of our faith in that context is a Christian character builder and makes us bigger, better uh, individuals. I certainly think that the COVID-19 scenario definitely has tested all of our faith. Uh, but as uh, Brother Brown has indicated, I think COVID-19 is but one of a number of given scenarios that can confront the life of a Christian where we find our, t our faith being tested. I must be transparent. My faith has been tested uh, during this, uh, the context of, of COVID-19. I, I will never forget that our last worship service uh, in our joint public corporate assembly in our building was back, um, I think, March the, uh, the 20th. Mm -hmm. And the following week, well, we could no longer, I'm sorry, March 15th. And the following week, we, we could no longer meet in the building. So that first Sunday afterwards, um, I did a virtual uh, live uh, service team went down to the building and we did the order services and then we just had our first COVID-19 case in the congregation confirmed mm -hmm. and we didn't deem it safe to go back into the physical building mm -hmm. so one brother was in Baltimore one brother was in East Harlem one brother was in New Jersey one brother was here and we've got the challenge of trying to put together some sort of a leadership platform for a, a cyber or virtual service mm -hmm. and and when we began to record that morning, the program crashed. It crashed. And I went into full-blown panic. 
<laughs> you know, full-blown panic. I'm going, oh, yeah. my, you know what? People are not patient. Yeah. The members are going to come, and they're not going to find the service. And, yeah. then, you know, they're going to disconnect, and they're going to scatter, mm. and they're going to this yeah. and that. And I just went in. The, and then all of a sudden, mm. I saw immediate, wait a minute, Shabazz. The Lord is not trying to teach you how to get through a pandemic. The Lord is trying to teach you how to deal with fear. Yeah. And how to how to lean on your faith. Yeah. Your confidence. So, my, and I'm not trying to sell anybody on virtual or cyber services or anything like that. Right, but right. It is simply that um, my faith was was tested, mm -hmm. and I had to remind myself that all things relegate to the omnipotence, omnipresence, and omnipotence of a God who can certainly mm -hmm. get it done. And the Bible yeah. teaches in a number of instances that the trying of our oh, faith okay. helps okay. us work out how to endure. Yeah. You, you know, so yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that, fellas. Uh, in, in this last question, uh, as we wind uh, this uh, particular program and it comes to an end, uh, we have uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, each uh, panelist, and uh, we hate to see it come to a close. Uh, but in that, the last question uh, tonight uh, to Brother John and to Brother uh, Shabazz, uh, I would say uh, this. Uh, in this in this season, and there's a time for, for everything, according to the book of Ecclesiastes, in this season, what would you guys say? One thing, and I know there's a number of things, but one thing tonight, to the audience that is tuned in, uh, our congregation and all of the other congregations across the country who are tuned in right now, what would you guys say is the word from the Lord in their life that you believe the Lord want them to know this tonight? Uh, what would you guys say as we come to a close tonight? And I know there are many, but what is one thing that you would like to say to encourage the members of the Lord's church uh, on tonight? Uh, Brother Brown, if you don't mind, uh, be so kind and uh, start us off, and then we'll uh, ask Brother Shabazz uh, to give his uh, opinion and uh, that of audition on tonight. Yeah, like you said, Brother Vilch, there are a number of things that I would uh, share. If I had to pick just yeah. one, I would uh, share with the uh, the listeners uh, the reminder, you know, that uh, you know, God, I, I am God. I mean, that God is God and God alone. Uh, we should not be expecting uh, another. We should not uh, lean on another. Uh, we should trust in the Lord uh, and that he is, uh, he's an almighty God. As uh, Brother Shabazz mentioned, he's, he's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's all-knowing. All, he is God. And we should be reminded that God is still in control. Uh, I know that we, uh, we find ourselves, because we're human, and this is not a criticism, but we find ourselves being uh, perplexed, uh, being afraid, uh, being concerned with all this going on around us. But I think the extent to which we can just remind ourselves that God is still in control, uh, I think that helps us uh, steady the ship, so to speak, helps us uh, find some, some peace when there would otherwise be chaos. So just be reminded, brothers and sisters, that uh, God is still in control. And uh, again, this is the same God that you read about uh, throughout all scripture, who has done uh, absolutely amazing and incredible things uh, not only for his people his people yes. certainly uh, but for the world in general and y'all just yes. because we're going through something that is new to us it is not new to the lord so hold on yes. to the lord trust that he is god all by himself and that there's nothing that is a surprise to him 
nor anything that is uh, too uh, incredible for him to handle. He's still in control, so we should uh, get in the back seat, uh, put our seatbelt on, and let the Lord uh, guide us uh, and take us where we need to be. Yeah, but John, when you was you you was talking, I was I was thinking you were talking, and I was thinking, but I can't do it. I was just thinking about doing it tonight. Hold to God's unchanging hand. That's a song. I'm not gonna sing it. I'll leave that to you guys. But I tell you, we got a hold of God's unchanging hands. Appreciate that very much, Brother Brown, uh, Brother Shabazz. Uh, on that, uh, you have anything to add to what Brother John made mention? Thank you, Brother Welch. You know, the Bible teaches in Second Corinthians thirteen five: Examine yourself. Mm -hmm whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you're not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. Mm. I think that if, there, if I could capsule this into one pointed lesson that all of us need to visit in this, this season of pandemic, is that this really is a season of introspection. Mm. Um, and introspection in the specific area of relationship examination. Mm -hmm. So examine yourself, whether mm -hmm. you be in the faith. Mm -hmm. So prove your own selves. Yeah. I think that speaks to our respective relationships and connectivity to God. Mm -hmm. I think that Brother Veltz, and I'm not an advocate of the fact that God sent the coronavirus pandemic. Mm -hmm. Right. However, I am clear that he permitted it. Uh, because God could have stopped it should he had so decided. Mm -hmm. So there is, uh, then this season is obviously a time for us to be learning lessons. Among mm -hmm. them would be these. You remember before the church was established, Luke records it in Acts chapter 2. Mm -hmm. In Acts, Acts 1, God gave the church an evangelism uh, uh, program. Yeah. The gospel was to be preached in Jerusalem. Then onto Judea, Samaria, onto the othermost parts of the earth. As yeah. you know, they didn't do that. Yeah. They were so enamored by the falling of the Holy Spirit and what they saw and the establishment of the church that they remained in Jerusalem. Right. Finally, God had to scatter them. And then after God scattered them and forced mm -hmm. them out of Jerusalem, they end up down in Acts 8, and the Bible says now they've gone everywhere preaching the word. Mm-hmm. So it's like God gave them a plan. They weren't complicit, obedient, and compliant. And God mm. had to do something to scatter them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To put them in more aligned in what he purposed. Mm -hmm. I look at this nowadays event. And it's interesting to me how these circumstances have shut the doors on our church building. Mm -hmm. And we have been forced, whether we want to or not, to come face to face with the fact that the Lord's church is not the building. Yeah. It is the people. Right. And interesting to me that the first three weeks, uh, I'm going to be conservative, the first two weeks that the mm -hmm. pandemic and self-quarantine hit, that the internet, for the first time of which I am aware since I've been alive, was crashing <laughs> because it was so much Jesus being taught on it. <laughs> every nook and cranny, every individual who could put on a black suit and a white shirt and put a yeah. box on his arm, uh, brethren who had never <laughs> imagined themselves being on the internet, everybody was out there preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, so much so 
that for the first time I'm aware of, the internet was crashing. Yeah. Like God scattered us. Scattered us. Yeah. And uh, as a result, there's more gospel being taught right now in, mm -hmm. in brethren uh, yeah. than I can ever remember. And, and so, yeah, Christians, look at yourself. Mm -hmm. Are you God's child? Right. Are you walking in compliance with his word, his will, and his way? Whether it's your marriage, your spiritual relationship, mm -hmm. your connectivity to an autonomous congregation of the body of Christ, mm -hmm your labor and work for the forward thrust of the gospel, whether you've uh, really surrendered and obeyed the truth and been added to the church of the New Testament, are we a congregation that has put place more value in our multi-million dollar projects and, you know, our, our Hollywood looking uh, preachers uh, yeah. invested more in that mm -hmm. than you have in the propagation of that which will save us. Yeah. It is a Second Corinthians thirteen five experience. It is mm. a season of introspection, and specifically in the area of relationship examination. Yeah, Amen, Amen, fellas, brethren. I appreciate it thoroughly uh, on tonight uh, for you guys' uh, uh, response uh, to these questions. I think that it was very beneficial to the large church, uh, not here only in the great city of Baton Rouge, but also across. Uh, this country tonight. We just want to thank the Lord God Almighty uh, for blessing us uh, with this endeavor, uh, blessing us to be able to put this out uh, on social media, uh, that it may be a blessing and benefit the Lord's kingdom uh, here and everywhere. Special thanks to the Hollywood Street Church for your support uh, all through this week. Uh, we thank all of our guest panelists. Uh, you have done a magnificent job. We thank God for you and may the Lord continue to bless you uh, in your ministries where uh, you are. Uh, as we come to a close, I want to thank our tech guy, uh, Brother Kemp, Brother Cardinal, uh, Cardinal Kemp, uh, who has been doing a great job with us. We have two great, excellent uh, tech guys in the church. They do a magnificent job. We thank you so very much uh, for doing what you do and uh, as God has gifted you uh, with that. We want to close and we want the church at Hollywood to know we will resume back on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, as we study uh, the analogies of the body of Christ. And uh, we look forward, uh, we look forward to seeing you at the 5111 Hollywood Street Church of Christ on Sunday at 10 o'clock. And remember always, uh, when you're going through some things in life, remember that Jesus is always on the main line. Thank you and may God bless you. We'll close up uh, in a word of prayer. Shall we bow our heads and shall we pray? Our God and our Father in heaven, we say thank you so much. Thank you once again, you have blessed us with this event this night. We thank you for your men servant. We ask your special blessing upon their lives, upon their family lives, and the congregations where they are. Father, we just ask tonight that you were glorified. Father, we just hope that the church was edified. And Father, we just pray that if there be any who was on the line tonight, that they can investigate more into the kingdom of God. Father, we just ask that you continue to forgive us, please, for our sins and our shortcomings in this life. Continue to strengthen us, continue to shower us with your grace and your mercy. Father, we thank you, we love you, but this is the prayer we offer. In the mighty name of Jesus, your son, let us all say, amen.